This is West of Everest. Lee Benson joining you as well with Grant Benson. Grant in Minnesota. I am back in Oklahoma after uh, he and I watched week one OU versus Arkansas State in the same room in Minnesota. And Grant, as I bring you in here, maybe we should have gone over to your friend's house again and watched tonight because maybe Oklahoma would have played a lot better if we would have done that. Yeah, I don't know. What a weird game. Um, I had There's just a lot of different feelings while watching it. I think on one hand, you got to be pretty happy. That SMU only scored 11 points and only had about 4.6 yards per play for the game. Um, but also, man, I am I wrong in saying OU's offense was bad tonight? They were bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, relative to last week, yes. Uh, I mean... They, they got to be better. I mean, bad, it's probably a bit hyperbolic. But, I mean, this is, we're expecting an offense to be a lot better than what we saw tonight. And, you, and I mean, I guess you already said it. Uneven is probably a better word. Um, but it did kind of seem like some of the, the fears that we had going into the season sort of came up a little bit in this game. Whereas, I, you know, it didn't seem like there were many receivers making plays. Um, it looked like, I mean, based off of, I mean, I didn't see the all 22, but maybe guys not really getting open either. Um, at least because it, it, it did seem like they were trying some deep shots, but but Gabriel just sort of held on to them most of the time. But then also, I, I mean, just the, the running back rotation is I'm flummoxed. I have no idea what's going on there. Um, I, I just weird game. Really, really weird game. Is that is that just who they are this year? I don't know. And just like we did last week, we started out with the offense and we were incredibly positive about the offense obviously and we spent a lot of time on the offense and I think we'll start with the offense again uh and you mentioned the running backs let's see I I do want to address one thing you said a moment ago uh because I was you know obviously I'm not in the media anymore but I'm following along with my esteemed former colleagues and as they're reporting on Brent Venables' post-game press conference and Venables said that SMU was playing a lot of deep coverages I would imagine some cloud coverages trying to keep everything in front of them that was his uh, reasoning for the lack of big plays, the lack of shot plays. That was going to be one of my questions to you in this podcast is, hey, what? where were all the shot plays that we saw last week deep down the field to either Andrell Anthony or Nick Anderson or Jaden Gibson, two players who were ghosts tonight, did not see them at all. Um, so I think, uh, I guess take Britt Venables' word for it. Like you said, did not see the All-22, so I don't know how accurate that is. Uh, I'm scrolling now on Twitter to see if there's been any comments about the running back situation because I'm sure like everybody else out there uh, you know by the time you listen to this maybe you'll you'll have heard it and I'm hope we get some clarity but yeah uh, Gavin Sachuk and Javante Barnes what is going on each of them combined for three carries tonight uh, Gavin Sachuk got his first carry of the season randomly I believe in the third quarter on a third and seven and then didn't see the ball again and Javante Barnes came into the game for the first time I believe uh, and the final series of the first half with like 13 seconds to go and caught a swing pass. Uh, and then he ended up with a couple of uh, carries in the box score. Uh, Marcus Major, I, I, I guess it was Tawi Walker. No, no, no. Major started, I, I think. Because yeah, Tawi Walker started, Major started last today. Week. And, and Major was, I mean, they were trying, they were really trying hard to make Marcus Major a thing in the first half of that game trying real hard and to his credit he he ended up getting his sea legs after halftime but once again for the second game in a row and now I mean through two games I think I mean this might be kind of hyperbolic but also might be true 
Tommy Walker might be the most consistent player on the offense right now because he had a good game against Arkansas State, and he had a really good game tonight. Very clearly so far the most effective running back on the roster. I think after two games now, I don't, I, I don't think you could come to any other conclusion, to be honest with you, is that I, he was good. I, he was good tonight. I, I think he's take, I don't know, 50% of Marcus Major's carries and give, him to t- give them to Tawi Walker. I would say don't give Marcus Major any carries at all. That's probably not fair. He made a nice play at the end of the game. Um, and they're clearly, they, this coaching staff clearly likes him. So that's, I think that's going to be a thing moving forward. And so it's going to probably going to be, and if it continues to be a thing moving forward, you, you are certainly going to hear about it from, from me and you on this podcast as, this, as the season goes on. So I guess gird your loins. <laughs> gird your loins. Yeah, I'm still going through. I'm trying to see if there's any comments yet. And I'm, hopefully we get something on Sawchuck and Barnes and what the deal was because uh, Sawchuck was out there. Obviously, he, he did get that one carry. So I don't know if there's injuries. I mean, Barnes played a decent amount. I mean, he, he led the team in carries last week, and then he's a non-factor tonight. Uh, I, I, in my mind, and this is me totally speculating, again, would love to get some clarity from Venables, and maybe that's already happened. I just haven't seen it on uh on on twitter and going down and obviously can't listen to his press conference live i mean barnes was banged up we learned that barnes was kind of like was injured all last year played through it uh and again i heard that sawchuck was kind of banged up last year but nobody really talked about it if that's true uh and both of these players are presumably just kind of injury prone and maybe that's what they're dealing with right now if there's a thing where they're trying to go easy on these two running backs early in the year and trying to get by without them and then maybe they can use them in more stressful situations and they're more fresh then that sounds great because Oklahoma's 2-0 and right now without them essentially but there's got to be more to this story I don't know why you wouldn't play them unless they're banged up or there's something in you know maybe they're in the doghouse I don't know at, at this point again just speculating or is I mean do we do we have to conclude but I, I mean I think it's it's obvious that Sachuk has been banged up but do we have to conclude though that just in practice, the coaches just think those two guys are the best options. Maybe that's what it is. You know, Occam's Razor, that maybe <laughs> uh, Toby Walker, Marcus Major just playing better in practice. So, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's what I mean. That's, that's not, that wasn't the biggest problem tonight. I think the biggest problem tonight was, no. was obviously them not being able to really generate any sort of consistency in the past game at all. Um, I mean, that's, that's going to happen when you, when you have an entire offense that's built on one read, two read, and that's basically it. The other defense can kind of key in on that, and I'm, I'm assuming SMU probably had safeties back the entire game. They were they're, One of their big focuses, I'm sure, was taking away the deep ball, and they were successful with that. OU just did not have anything there. OU 365 total yards, only 4.9 yards per play on offense. That is a big-time yuck. Ugh. Still won the football game. They won the I football mean, game. They yeah. covered, and so that's... um. It, I don't know. Yeah, this was definitely more of a... Uh, how about this? And, you know, this can never be proven or anything, but because I do want to keep it more positive. I mean, they, they beat what we think is a pretty good team by 17 points. Yeah, yeah. Um, last year's team almost certainly would have lost that game. I get your point. I will say, though, in uh, counterpoint, yes, if it was past the first three games of the season. <laughs> Because the first three games of the year, the team was figuring it out. Granted, the competition wasn't great. Uh, but 
yes uh that's kind of like what i'm thinking this year is like well let's see what they are after after the first three games of the year let's let's kind of then see what they are because it was a mirage a season ago but yeah i mean you know november ou of 2022 yeah probably loses that football game finds a way to lose and so and i think uh, i was look, looking back through some venables quotes venables said that basically that point in his post-game presser he's like yeah i think we've come a long way i think it might have might have found a way to lose that one last year and so yeah everything so, is not on. whatever i mean this is game two this is game two they're allowed to they're allowed to get better they're allowed to play better um i i don't like i'm already kind of i'm jumping all over the place here i'm already i'm i'm ready to just kind of what is it what's up with the jackson arnold running uh package i i just okay, I don't, yeah i don't like it i don't like that at all if he's going to be out there i i want him throwing the ball same, and I know Venables touched on that as well. Uh, he, you know, he obviously said that they should they need to get that fourth down where they didn't get it, and it's something they'll learn from. And Venables mentioned that they have a lot more in that package for them. Not surprising if they haven't really done it. And I, I'm with you. I I don't particularly like it. I don't. I Jackson Arnold. Yes, he's a bigger guy than Dylan Gabriel. He's athletic. He can he can move. But the big reason why I don't like it is because you're consistently putting him in there to get popped every time he gets the ball, you know, what, four four to six times a game. And, yeah, he's a big dude. He's probably going to be fine. But I don't want to see them potentially risk their backup quarterback and maybe the best quarterback on the team, I don't know, uh, getting injured because we saw what happened last year when Oklahoma did not have a backup quarterback. It's a disaster. So knowing that, why Oklahoma is going just and putting him out there in these situations where really they don't necessarily need it. They don't need him. Like I mean, they, they're, Tawi Walker is just fine in short yardage. Yes. Yes. There's, and, and not to mention, I think Javante Barnes is pretty good in short yardage too, and I would like to think that Gavin Sawchuk can do it as well. But heck, I mean, they, they can't get on the field for some reason. Yeah, it's, yeah you're it's, right. it's weird. I, it's, a, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit of a mystery, but hey, it's... You know, offenses are not are not finished products in week two. I think we all there was there was a pretty common thought amongst the fan base that the offense maybe was going to struggle at times this year. I'm glad I'm glad that the defense was able to play well and they were able to get away with it tonight. I'm I'm glad that they did not play very well tonight and they won by 17 points. I'll take that. Yeah, me too. And I suppose it all evens out, right? I mean, we were ecstatic about the way Oklahoma played last week. I mean, yes, Arkansas State, but they, they still exceeded expectations big time. And then this week, technically, Oklahoma still exceeded expectation. They covered. But yet, the offense uh, woefully underperformed. The, the defense did a nice job. The defense did a nice job. And uh, we'll talk about the defense after the offense. We still have some points to make on the offense, I, I do believe. Uh, let's see. I know you jumped around to the Jackson-Arnold thing. But yeah, I mean, I, I want to see the guy throw. I mean, my thing is, like... It's the short yardage thing. It's kind of gimmicky, which I mean, kind of goes with Oklahoma's offense, which is gimmicky. Um, I just at this rate, especially with Dylan Gabriel, granted, I mean, cloud coverage, not letting him throw deep. Gabriel still had four touchdown passes, completed most of his throws. I think he might have had one or two kind of maybe bad throws, but I mean, he was for the most part good, and he can move. He can still move really well. There's some drops so, I mean, too. He, there's some there, there's some drops. Yes, and um, yes, I thought what he Dylan Gabriel was what he is tonight he's a game manager it's what he is and he's a game manager who who throws a pretty good deep ball but when that's taken away from him he doesn't really have another gear there at all am i what do you think about that am i right about that am i wrong about that of course uh the 
time when you asked me a question was a time when I was trying to get my headphones kind of figured out, so I totally missed your question. So can you repeat that, please? I said in this game that Dylan Gabriel was was he was who we, we think he is. He's a game manager. That's what he is, and that's what he was in this game. He didn't turn the ball over. He took the throws that, that were there for him. But that the one other kind of fastball that he has, other than being a game manager, he throws a pretty good deep ball. And when guys are open, that, that's, that's another angle of his game. SMU took that away tonight, and you mm-hmm. kind of saw what he was. He's a checkdown guy. He's a, he's a, he's a one-read guy, two-read guy. If the, if, if, if the receiver's open, he's going to throw it. If not, he's probably going to scramble. Yeah, and, but the thing is, though, I, when that's the case and they're taking away that kind of play, I mean, you're kind of supposed to be that as a quarterback, and you're supposed to be able to run the ball through that, and you're supposed to be able to force the other team to think, okay, we got to bring our safeties up to help out against the run because they're gashing us against the run, and then that might open up those deep plays, but it never happened tonight because Oklahoma does not have any sort of explosive running backs that they're putting onto the field. I know that Marcus Major's the guy that they want to be explosive. He just isn't. Um, he had a really nice touchdown catch and run and he had one touchdown wiped off the board on a nice play design but in general Marcus Major is not an explosive player and certainly Toby Walker is not he had he had a really nice run broke a tackle and and busted out but he ain't gonna run away from anybody so anyways point being is uh, the way Oklahoma plays and with their with their backs they're, they're not gonna put the defense in that situation where oh we got a put extra guys up there because these running backs are gashing us uh, I'd like to think that they could do that with Javante Barnes and potentially Gavin Sawchuk but again who's to say we're not on the field yeah I don't know and and maybe that's going to be something that we see sort of develop more over the next couple of weeks I don't know but it's it's not gonna be super easy you got Tulsa next week and it looks like Cincinnati's pretty good so that's that's going to be a tough game that's going to be a, a 3-0 Cincinnati team that they go into in two weeks and so that's I don't know, but hey, I mean, do you want to? Because I, I guess I just I with the offense, I wish they were more explosive. I'm 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 disappointed that they didn't have um, they didn't have a better night tonight. But they they can be better. I I you know I thought I thought they looked a lot like last year when they were bogging down. Mm-hmm. Well, I do have a couple more prompts to throw out throw out there offensively that are actually on the positive side. How about uh, so? What about Andrew Anthony? You want him to become, you know, like maybe the number one big time receiver. They clearly want him to be that. I mean, he's the he's Dylan's guy. Seven catches, seventy six yards. Had that touchdown in the first quarter. Uh, I liked how his the very first throw of the game. I didn't like this. He dropped the pass from Dylan, but they went right back to him the next snap. Like, okay, here you go, and he caught it and he got the first down. I was like, okay, I like that. Uh, so they clearly want Andrew Anthony to be a big part of the offense. I, I just I don't know if he. Like, he's definitely not, like, you watch him play, he's not, he doesn't look like an elite receiver. He looks just like a, a guy that's pretty good. Uh, but I guess your thoughts on him, I mean, did you see anything else from him tonight that made you think he could become Oklahoma's number one guy and it could be something that could get other teams uncomfortable? Not really. Yeah, I didn't either. Not really. Um, <laughs> hey, I mean, it's whatever. We'll see. It's... um. I'm not sure that was that was never my expectation for him. I mean, we saw maybe um, if, right. if if he can get loose on the deep stuff, maybe. Um, but, maybe, yeah. But yeah, I mean, clearly SMU was was very much just trying to take that away. That was a huge part of their game plan. And um, yeah, I I we obviously come out of this game with a lot more questions about the receivers. Well, like we hardly I don't think we saw Jacquez Petaway in this game at all. 
He may oh, have been yeah. he may have been Never. out there running routes, but there's nothing was thrown his way. I didn't see anything thrown Nick Anderson's way. I only saw him out there a couple of times. I didn't see I didn't yeah, I didn't even see them out there. Like I didn't see Jaden Gibson out there. Uh maybe I I don't know, maybe I saw him one time, but uh yeah. I, uh but another another throw it out there. I mean, how about Jalil Farouk? That was a fantastic individual effort on that touchdown showing like that i think farouk is there is is the best guy on their team like sort of in a phone booth he's really like when i like when i say that he's maybe the best running back on the team i'm only kind of being facetious (laughs) like if he was all of a sudden giving running back carries he would look like a natural running back back there the only thing with him is he's kind of slight and so you can kind of see like i remember against texas granted they were running the wildcat so it was obvious they're running, but like I feel like a couple times against Texas last year when they were kind of utilizing him, he got popped a bit. It's like, eh, I don't know how many of those those hits he could take if he was actually playing running back for you know twelve to eighteen carries a game. <laughs> sure, but I mean, Fruk's a pretty thick guy. I mean, it's a it's a silly conversation, but um, yeah, just uh, overall, just a pretty pretty mad night from the offense. And I, I hate like I hate asking questions like this, but I kind of feel like it always comes up. It's always a trap that we fall into because I'm sure in two months we're gonna look at the standings and SMU is gonna be like six and six, and we're gonna be like, oh gosh, that didn't look great. But is there any chance that SMU is good on defense? Because uh, they I were, they I mean, can, they, they were can, they were dominant at times last week against La Tech. But La Tech's a terrible, terrible offense, and I mean, they, I think SMU can cause some havoc. I think they got some decent guys up front, um, but you got to be able to run the ball better against them. And OU only ran it for, I think, four yards a carry, uh, which is not good. I mean, you got to be better than that. I think, I mean, last week it wasn't that great either. It was like four and a half yards a pop, uh, but it worked. I don't know. I mean, on third down, I remember you know, I mentioned that third down. I was going to be paying attention to that pretty closely. Oklahoma, I mean, we'll take it. Seven to 15 on third down. Not bad. That's decent. I mean, just short of 50%. I mean, that's, that's uh, actually, that's, that's that's good. I mean, you, you get half your third downs, almost half. That's actually not bad. So uh, we'll take it. So uh, you know, third down was not too bad. Um, anything else on? Let's see. Anything else on offense? No, nah, just you think of? really, really, really want to see Gavin Sachuk as the lead back in this offense. Like I, I really, really want to see that. Yeah, I'm going through. I'm I'm still trying to find any sort of quotes about Sachuk or Javante Barnes via twitter and i just let's see i'm searching right now again searching saw chuck see if anything pops up uh, uh but that's also that's no, also that's, uh, that's a little far. unfair to tawi walker some caddy ou sooner fans tweeting about certain things yeah it's still nothing okay like there's there's no like how, i can't imagine he that venables or lebby wasn't asked about saw or barnes but uh yeah, it's 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 very odd so far. How how the first two games have played out at those positions is just it's really weird. It's just it's completely completely flipped from what anybody expected and what honestly a lot of people were really what got a lot of people excited about the offense this year. So, I'm yeah. it's uh it, it's weird. And so I uh, we'll, we'll see what happens next week, but it's it's so weird. I mean, it's it's turning out this way again where it kind of looks like OU is going to kind of have their their pretty easy breezy non-conference slate and then right when they go into Big 12 play they're going to have a tough game that they did not anticipate being such a tough game. Yeah, like Cincinnati they ended up beating Pitt. Last I saw they were winning. Uh, they were up by 17 up. the last I saw in the second half. So yeah, and that's a, I mean that's on the road. I mean Cincinnati came in as a I think a 7-point underdog. So, 
Uh, there's that. So, um, anyways, all right. Well, uh, defense, defense, uh, certainly the highlight of the night. And so I'll start. We mentioned I mentioned third down offensively a moment ago. We'll start with the defense. Uh, held SMU to four of sixteen on third down. That's good. We'll take that. Twenty five percent on third down. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You take that all day. Yeah. Uh, Three sixty seven total yards. So. Uh, technically, I mean, not te- I mean, outgained OU, but not by much. Uh, only four point six yards per play, though. We'll take that as well against that SMU offense. What did they average? Just short of six last week, I think against La Tech. So, and this is also uh, this is this is just this is an offense that is that is expected to be one of the best in the in the G five as well. And it's a good off. It's they're they're a good offensive team. I, they have good skill players, and uh, one thing I, I, they can't really block the run game. That's not a good running team. That's that's two straight weeks. They they didn't run the ball very well against against La Tech either. Outside of some some a, a few big ones that they popped, and I, there was like there was like maybe two or three kind of like ten yardish runs that they popped a little bit against OU that may have gone longer against a La Tech type team, but it doesn't matter. The defense was good. The defense was good. I I I just I they were put in some difficult positions throughout the entirety of the night, and for the most part they stood strong. And I think that's, I mean, they only gave up two scores in the game. There were two drives in which SMU scored in this game. Great. That is freaking outstanding. I think if, I think if the gods would have told us that, you know, before this game that SMU was only going to score on two of their drives, I think most OU fans would have been like, oh, sweet, they're OU's going to win by 40. <laughs> Didn't necessarily happen that way, but sometimes you got to win like Iowa, and that's, that's kind of what OU did today. They did, yeah. I mean, only one touchdown allowed now through two games and one of the games against a pretty good offense. Yeah, you take that all day long. Uh, and the one touchdown drive was aided by not one, but two PIs that extended the drive. So OU just kind of kind of gave it to him. Granted, uh, there were a couple times in the first half where Oklahoma got lucky on defense. Uh, I think SMU's either first or second possession. Uh, Billy Bowman was was kind of burnt to a crisp and Preston Stone overthrew what probably would have been a touchdown pass if you would have hit him. So that was a fortunate uh, you know, non-play, I guess, for OU. And then there's another one, I think, in either the second quarter maybe where SMU had like a third and six and one of their big guys like was going towards the sideline. He dropped a pass. I think he would have stepped out of bounds short of the first down, but it would have been fourth and one if he would have just caught the ball or if he would have turned up field, maybe got the first down. And you know, who knows, SMU might have gone for it on fourth and one and got it. So couple times Oklahoma kind of got lucky and uh you know it was kind of evened out on that one SMU touchdown drive Danny Stutzman Grant 17 tackles he, he by my eyes just and by watching it live I thought he had a really good game I did too uh, I I was surprised by the 17 I guess maybe I was kind of distracted by other games like the you know Texas Bama game or what because yes like I think I thought he played well I didn't think he had 17 tackles two and a half TFLs so, yeah, I mean, he, he was everywhere. Kip Lewis right behind him. With, well, not right behind him, but uh, next most tackles with nine. I mean, good to see Kip Lewis not just uh, flash in the pan last week. He's becoming a contributor on this defense. I, like Second-year the, player. And I, I mean, I don't, I, like, I don't want to pick on the guy at all, but the lack of David Aguebu and, like, his foot speed is very much noticeable in the linebacker. Oh, like, that's big a great time. point. Big time. It, replacing replacing Aguebu with Canick and Kip Lewis, who I was, both run really well for linebackers, is it's extremely noticeable. Like there was 
SMU tried to get OU on some weird East and West stuff in this game, and it didn't work once. OU was, they ran it down, they stayed home. That was the one thing that I really liked about this game, is that there were, there were, some, there were some weird shots that SMU tried to take that required, that required kind of some deception, some eye discipline, and OU never really took the bait. That is a great point. I'm glad you brought that up, and you are so right. I, I mean, uh, there was that one play. I, I, I can't remember if it was the second, second quarter, like where SMU tried to do like the fumble ruski. Yeah, it <laughs> and was Stutzman. St- and Stutzman didn't, you know, didn't uh, fall for it. He, he was able to make the play after like two or three yards. Um, I know this isn't in the run game, but the flea flicker to start the second half, the secondary didn't bite on it, didn't give up anything on that. Um, but yeah, there was a couple like reverses, some counter buck kind of plays that were misdirection. Where Oklahoma, you're right, they set the edge and they did not break contain, and it was really nice to see that. It was tough for SMU to to get uh, you know across the edge and get outside. It didn't really happen tonight, which whew, that was a tough thing. I mean, even last year in year one with Brent Venables, but certainly one of the the weaknesses of the speed D and Alex Grinch defense, man, they were so bad at setting the edge a lot of the time. It's Cause they, I mean, so you're right. A lot of it, they were slow at linebacker and also like, I'm, and I'm being slightly jokey here, but like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they, <laughs> I don't know if Alex Grinch and his coaches taught how to set the edge. Uh, we don't believe in it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Kip Lewis, you mentioned the speed and the fourth quarter uh, on third down and two. I mean, he comes from the backside to make that tackle on a run play that set up a fourth down and two. And I don't know if David Aguayu makes that play. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would say my, my two biggest takeaways from the defense, um, the first two games, and, and we'll get into it, but, I, I mean, I think the pass rush probably is a problem at this point in time. Um, not, not, not that, like, he was... Not that Preston Stone was sitting back there and drinking a cup of tea the entire game. Like, th- there were times, definitely, where they affected the pocket and they made him have to run around a little bit. Um, but not really nearly enough. I, I just, I don't know. But anyway, I, the two things I can definitively say is that I think the linebackers are just a lot faster than they were last year. Just the guys that they're putting out there. It just feels like that they're better at linebacker. And, um, I don't know. I thought Woody Washington, I think has been really good the first two games. I noticed they just, they just didn't really throw to his side at all. Just uh, once on that scramble drill. That's really all I could I could think of off the top of my head. Yeah, he did give up a, a first down on that. But yeah, you're right. I haven't seen a lot of Woody. Uh, I was I was texting you on and you bring up Woody. I'll bring up Key Lawrence. Key Lawrence with a nice ball punch force fumble uh, after SMU had their first big run of the game. And Key Lawrence comes in and just punches it out. I was worried that Woody Washington was touching the ball with his feet out of bounds before Oklahoma recovered it. Luckily, he, he wasn't doing that. And I think it was... Uh, Stutzman, who recovered, it was Stutzman or Canick, I can't remember. So that was a nice play by Key Lawrence, who um, Key Lawrence seems like he's he's doing a really nice job in uh, in run coverage, but in pass coverage, he's not good. Uh, number one piece of evidence is that two point play where I don't, I have no idea why his back is turned to the the quarterback. Like I, he's like playing man coverage, like like box out defense. That was bad. But yeah, that was just uh, stupid. Key Lawrence, that was just dumb. It's just like keep it in front of you, man. I don't. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but want to bring up that and um, let's see. You're talking about. Oh yeah, Woody. Yeah, Woody. Not bad. And speaking of secondary players, I mean, Gentry Williams went down relatively early in the game. He got banged up. 
Venable said afterwards, I did see this quote. He said that he thinks Gentry's going to be okay. Uh, he was just tight. But with Gentry Williams out, Kenai Walker then was the beneficiary of a lot of playing time. And, you know, I, I threw the dirt on Kenai Walker's coffin in the big season preview. And I was wrong to do so because Kenai Walker had some good moments tonight. He was uh, most importantly a big pass breakup uh, on third down, kind of in the second half, and then a play later. Peyton Bowen gets himself a big fourth down PBU. So I uh, wanted to shout out a couple of the secondary players that made some nice plays tonight. But overall, though, uh, the secondary coverage wise needs to be better, Grant, because there are still too many big plays. Even though third down was good for OU, they, it still seems like they gave up more more big plays than I would have liked maybe a few of them on third down and then there's a couple here and there too that I was like ah come on you gotta you gotta make it more difficult on the other team yeah I agree there, there was still some stuff there that sort of was frustrating and but also when I go back and look at the box score and I'm just like oh wow I mean they only had like 365 yards and they needed like 80 plays to get there and yeah I I don't know well I I want to see how SMU is the rest of the season because they were they were inconsistent and weird against La Tech as well. And they, yeah, there were also times where it just kind of felt like, I don't know, like their insistence on continuing to run the ball didn't make any sense to me at all. Like really at all. I, they, they were running into just a brick wall the entire time. And hats off to the OU defense. I mean, they're, they're, they're stopping the run for the most part. They're doing a really good job. And I know, look at the box score, I think, they had what they had like 117 yards rushing. It was a it was a really quiet 117. I felt like. Yeah, I mean 3.4 yards per carry. I mean less than four. Take that. And you know, and and I, I mean their biggest run. They had the the one to the one where where key was that a run play where key forced the fumble. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and that was like that was like a 30 some odd yard run play, right? Yeah, 20, 20, 30 somewhere in there, and then they had another. I mean, they had like two like two big run plays. That one, and then. Uh, they they gashed OU up the middle for like 15, I think, in the third quarter, I want to say. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, OU's been pretty good against the run. Yeah, they've and, been solid. Like, so, yeah, and, and so you brought up the pass rush. Like, yeah, that needs work. I don't know about that because you, know, you listen to, uh, you know, Brent Venables and the, like, you know, Arkansas State got the ball out quickly. And, uh, you know, I know you listen to Teddy Lehman's podcast and he was like, hey, there could be some more chances. Yes, SMU's going to hold, you know, maybe take some – some deep shots and some three-step drop, you know, more timing so that might give more more chance for the front four to get after it. Well, uh, only one sack tonight and only five TFLs. And against Arkansas State, Grant, one sack, six TFLs. So only only 11 TFLs and two sacks through two games. Like, that's way off the pace of – that's way off the pace of last year where they were getting a ton of havoc plays. But But here's my thing, though. The defense seems better, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they, there's there's just something about them that that seems a lot better. Yeah, they're tackling yeah. a lot better. Their tackling has been a lot better. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I like. I didn't. I agree. I don't really remember a whole lot of missed tackles tonight. And when there were missed tackles, there's already always a bunch of guys around. Hmm. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I said, and I think a lot of people probably you know agreed or had the same thoughts you know like the most important thing i think obviously oakland's got to win a lot more games this year but uh in order to for us to kind of get a thought of is brent venables the guy the defense has to be better like that's the one thing that needs to be a lot better and so far through two games the defense does seem to be better and that and the the numbers bear it out i think 
Our eyeballs are telling us that. And uh, again, I, I, we think this is going to be a good offense, a good team. Uh, but I guess we'll we'll get more uh, you know clarity down the line. And I mean, against Tulsa next week. I mean, Kevin Wilson's not a bad coach. And I know Tulsa had a tough matchup today. I can't remember who they played. They, had Washington they played somebody really today. good. Washington. Okay, so I, I'm sure they didn't do very well against Washington. But uh, yeah, who knows? We'll see what happens there. Uh, another thought on defense. And this is I'm just going to put this out there to see what you think. So obviously I was very critical of Justin Harrington in the big season preview. By the way, uh, I tweeted this out, but I'll, I'll say it on the podcast. I'm happy that Marcus Major, Key Lawrence, and Justin Harrington all did things tonight, all pitched in uh, because you know after I basically kind of wrote them all off as going to be non-factors, and I now just let that keep going throughout the year. Like I'd love to be wrong about that. I'd love for those guys to be really good players. So I said that. Grant, I don't know what Justin Harrington is. Like, through, through two games last season, I recall noticing Deshaun White a lot at the cheetah position. Like, he was flying around making plays through two games. Harrington, not so much. And I've lost Grant. That was weird. All right, yeah, me too. I'll just keep, let's keep going. You said he was flying around uh, making plays. You don't know what he is. Yeah, so I, yeah, and so I'll, I'll edit it to where I'll, I'll pick up with your answer. So I, so I'll just say it again, and then I'll edit this part out. So, uh, yeah, so like I, I recall last year noticing Deshaun White through two games quite a bit at that cheetah position. Like he looked different. Justin Harrington so far. I know he had an interception tonight. It wasn't really a great play. It was a bad throw by Stone, and Harrington was there to make the play. Uh, I know he's made some tackles, and I, I think he's, he's looking fine, but I don't know what he is yet. Like, do you know what he – I mean, clearly clearly he's not playing bad. He's getting a lot of snaps. I just don't really know what he is yet. Do you? No, I mean, he's playing cheetah. I don't know. I mean, what do you want me to What do you want me to say? It seems like he's more of a safety. It's definitely more of a safety role, but he's definitely up near the line of scrimmage. It's just because I guess I feel like Deshaun White was doing all these things last season pretty early on, and we're not seeing Justin Harrington have the same kind of jump. But at the same time, it's not like he's getting exposed. I think to say when the first time that we noticed job. him last year is when he was getting his his butt burnt to a crisp in Fort Worth. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else on defense? Anything else on your mind? Not not particularly. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm it's I'm still very much in wait and see mode. I'm just big time in wait and see mode. And me too. I it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get many, you know, much more answers next week against Tulsa, but hey, I mean, this is this probably needed to happen. We we're all feeling all high 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 and mighty, feeling a little bit more hopeful after game 1. And um this one maybe kind of feels like not a crash back down to earth, but it kind of humbles you a little bit. Say, okay, it's Things are not as great as they seem. They're not as bad as they seem as well. And also, I, I want to see how SMU responds to it. I think SMU plays TCU here pretty soon. That'll be an interesting sort of see how they handle that. Um, yeah, it's, I, yeah. It's, it's, it's like one of those games I think a vast majority of programs are pretty happy with a win like that. Winning by double digits over, over what is a team that's, that's really going to challenge to win, probably win their conference championship. Uh, not like they're just going to challenge for it. But... Um, Man, yeah, I just I really wish that the passing game didn't look so inept at times. Ugh. Yeah, me too. It's 
it's uh yeah i suppose god i had something and then now i've totally lost it it's you know they, they they set the standards so high last week where we were all kind of like whoa i mean i know arkansas state's not good but they oklahoma really didn't have any sort of flaws i mean there was a couple of couple of weird things with the like like super nitpicky like the running game was kind of like just average and then there was a couple of things on defense where they gave up a big play here and there and there was some fortuitous drops but for the most part it was a really good game and then so like the standards set so high and so you get a game like this where hey they cover the spread a double digit spread against a good team we believe i mean the win total was set at eight eight and a half and like you've said a couple times expected to be one of the best you know group of five teams could could threaten for their conference title so like the standard was so high uh it's a good win uh it's just now we're kind of like uh, there's enough that we saw from the offense where it's like ah Oklahoma probably can't get away with that against, you know, a, obviously the, a, a Texas who just beat Alabama tonight against even like a Kansas State who's looking pretty good through two games. Well, they don't play Kansas uh, State. I mean, Kansas is the team. Oh, yeah, that's right. Kansas that's is good probably yeah. the... Kansas who, who flipped a switch on, uh, on Friday and, you know, Jaden Daniels came back and looked good. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good win. Shall we go to our three-word reviews? Let's get to it. Let's go to the West of Evers Facebook page, and uh, I'll just apologize up front if you put in your three-word review either late, late, late Saturday night or Sunday. Uh, we're recording this Saturday night, so that means we're not going to include it. But those who have already commented, we thank you for that. Uh, Harry, longtime listener, uh, big supporter of the podcast. He'll go first. Harry says, still no pressure. And he's meaning like on the quarterbacks, like getting after the quarterbacks. And Harry's right. And we mentioned that the TFL numbers and the sack numbers are very minuscule so far. David says, <laughs> David says, game ball major. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd go that far, David. Uh, maybe the second half game ball. I mean, because Marcus Major had uh, a really good run on third down. I got, I got to admit, Grant, when I saw Marcus Major come into the game on third and six, and I believe it's, it was 14 to 11 at that point. I thought, what is he yeah, doing no, in the game thinking, on third like, down? Oh, no. I was oh, God, oh, no. And then they give him a, a carry off tackle, and by God, did he pick up 15-ish whatever yards in the first down? And then uh, you know later he had the touchdown wiped off by penalty. But then you know, later in the, the fourth quarter, I mean, that was a really nice catch and run touchdown. So, okay. I guess, I, I mean, there's... There should be no consideration for game ball and offense other than Tawi Walker. He's clearly he was clearly the MVP of the offense tonight. Um, defensive side goes to to Danny Stutzman. Hey, we even, we even talk about the blocks the blocked punt that Peyton Bowen blocked. Oh yeah, good which call. was which was a huge play in the game, a massive play in the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean at the time it, it didn't look as big as it ended up being. Like you know in in hindsight, and credit to Oklahoma, man, that's the first two games of the year. They've made an impactful, big-time special teams play in the first quarter. And, I mean, heck, if they can make an impactful, big-time special teams play, like one per game, that's great because a lot of the times you don't, you don't get any. So good stuff there. Great job by Peyton Bowen making himself uh, known. Tim on the West of, West of Everest Facebook page says, Really, Lebby? Really? Yeah, Jeff Lebby's going to get a lot of flack after that one. And uh, not his best moment. I, I just maybe like again. I mean, they scored twenty eight points. Oklahoma won the football game. Okay, uh, but it's just that 
the lack of getting like you, know, like you mentioned, Jaquez Petaway had nine catches last week. Uh, I, I didn't like, see nothing. Jay, I mean, nothing. There was no nothing. And I don't to him understand. We we got under. You got to get an answer on why Javante Barnes and Gavin Sachuk are not playing. <laughs> just, I just, I just from what we've seen, they could make the offense better, but. Jeff Lebby and Brent Venables don't seem to think that's the case unless there's something else going on. I don't know if we can definitively say that just from what I've seen of Barnes so far. Um, all we know of Gavin Sachuk, yes, absolutely. He can make this offense a lot better. The, and I know like now in hindsight after the bowl game last year and then you know, two regular season games. I, I you know, went back and I remember watching some highlights again from the Cheez-It Bowl before the season started. As much as we praised Gavin Sawchuk in, in that game, and we knew at the time, like, you could make the argument that Gavin Sawchuk was kind of the reason why, oh, you lost the Cheez-It Bowl. Now the <laughs> fumble. Of that fumble. Nah. But, he, but he played so well. It was like, you know what? I Like, the dude's playing awesome. So it's like, yeah, you fumble sometimes. Uh, but hey, I'd love to see him play some more. Uh, we're two games into the year. He has one touch. Let's see. Back to the West of Ever Facebook page. Hunter says, well, we covered. <laughs> um, and then he, Hunter adds this. He says, I know it's only a three-word thing, but I don't know where Lebby ends and DG begins. Interesting. It's like, how much of it is Jeff Lebby? How much of it is Dylan Gabriel? I like that. I like that a lot. Um, like, they're both connected at the hip. I mean, that's a huge reason why they're both here at OU. Like, brought Lebby in, and Lebby had a great relationship with Dylan Gabriel, so he brings him over, and here we are. But I guess you, you just kind of I, I think his limitations are, are are on display there. And honestly, the limitations of this offense are in display when it when the other team completely takes away the deep ball. I, I I'm not sure this offense is interested in throwing the ball in the intermediary at all. And I, I, we know that we know that Dylan Gabriel is kind of iffy whether or not he can even do that, just in general. And so like I that's that's where the money is made these days. Obviously you want like you want to hit the, the deep bombs. Like I, I love throwing it deep. It's great. But good teams can take that away. And are you able to hit the passes that are 10 to 15 yards down the field in between, in, in those zones that they leave vacated there in the middle of the field? I, it'd be a lot better if he could. I think, I think Jackson Arnold maybe can. But also, who knows? They, yeah. they, they clearly didn't trust him to throw the ball in this game. No. No, they didn't. More from the West of Everest Facebook page. Your three-word reviews. Nathan says, fourth quarter victory. All right. Randy says, any W counts. True. Got to win. Like, we can kind of nitpick here and there and complain about the way Oklahoma did win, but a win's a win, especially after last season. So, you're right. And also, Randy adds, <laughs> he says, reordering heart medicine. Did you... <laughs> Did I mean I would understand after last week's game, Randy? You didn't need it. You think okay, maybe this will be one of those years, uh, but you know it's it's a long season. Yeah, I, I mean I don't know. There was I, I never got to the point where I was really panicking in that game. I don't. It was SMU was a little too SMU was really inconsistent on offense that entire game. They I know it's like and as fans like sort of like the long passes and some of the like they stick out in our mind. But yeah, I mean he Preston Stone had like. Had over 20 incompletions in this game. You mentioned on our previous podcast, like, hey, if he if Preston Stone had similar numbers tonight as he, he had against La Tech, would you take that? He, he did, yeah. So there you go. And fewer touchdown passes. So in the the 
even better. A couple more on the West of Everest Facebook page. Ben says, covered with hook. You're right. I mean, again, technically, Oklahoma, I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of like sour about this, but yet finding some positives. But Oklahoma exceeded expectations. They covered. Michael says, this is a good one. I, I, Michael says, who are we? We don't I don't know. I mean, but it's we don't necessarily need to know yet. It's two games. Two games indeed. I think there's one more on the West of Everest. West I can't talk tonight. I swear I've only had about nine or ten beers. Uh let's see. Not that many. Here we go. Yep. Justin, just hot off the presses. Justin on the West of Everest Facebook page says keeping offense vanilla. So maybe Justin's thinking, like, you know what? It's early in the year. I mean, I mean, yeah, like there's going to be some new wrinkles here and there. Lebby did that last year. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of like already looking ahead to Texas, but I know a lot of people will after tonight, especially because Texas is now 2-0, just beat Bama. Uh, but, I mean, like you mentioned a moment, like early in the show, Grant, like Tulsa's Tulsa, but then Cincinnati might be pretty good. So you can't look ahead, man. And that's a road game. It's a road but game. But also I mean, so yeah. is Tulsa. Yeah, Cincinnati just beat a pit a pit team that i mean i think we kind of think that pit's a joke but they're very much not a joke they won the acc two years ago and they were still a pretty solid team last year they play good defense there and yeah cincinnati just beat them on the road so yeah it's i i, I still i still just don't know how it's going to look though because they could just they i just based off what i know from the offense last year too they could come out really hot one of these weeks too and just and the other, the other, the other team, the other defense just doesn't know how to defend it. Can't handle the tempo. SMU sure handled it though. They did. Uh, let's go over to Twitter. I'm at Lee Benson tweets now, and some of you have posted on Twitter some three word reviews. Chris says, "I'm not confident." That's fair. I mean, that was Oklahoma won, but it looked a lot different than the first game. Chris also has another one. He says, "Is Lebby ready?" And to clarify, Chris says, for the SEC, the offense wasn't great last year. Definitely not tonight against SMU. Now, I mean, like statistically, the offense was good last year. It's just situationally, we all remember the times when it wasn't good. And like that's kind of what this – I think that's the bit of this type of offense, though, right, Grant? Like the numbers at the end of the year are going to look pretty good. Uh, but you can probably look back at some situations. I mean, like tonight, like we're – it ended up working out, but it's not nearly as explosive as it as it you know maybe looks on paper. Sometimes, yeah, maybe. But as I say, yeah, and I'm sure they'll because yeah, like the the total yards doesn't look good tonight. But I'm sure they'll have games where they get close to like 700 yards, and it all evens out. Very true. More from Twitter at writing okay says he's very blunt. He says not very good. Twitter's a lot more, I think, negative. Actually, yeah, that's pretty fair. I mean, Facebook was kind of like questioning stuff too. Dan's got a bunch of three-word reviews. Let's read them all. He says, three-quarter nap. <laughs> uh, play calling sucked. It was kind of a sleepy game. It was. There, yeah. It was like the entire game, it was, OU wasn't playing well, but it still just kind of seemed like they were still keeping SMU at arm's length. And may, hey, maybe that's, one of those nice. things, I mean, maybe that's one of those things yeah. in like a month we'll go back and like, oh, you will have like a really nice stretch and like it'll be obvious they're a really good team. We'll look back on the SMU game and we'll be like, yeah, they were just kind of just keeping it at, at, like at arm's length the entire time. Just sort of. But although, man, it, I wonder it, if it did just yeah. it did seem like at times when they're on offense that 
SMU's defense at times was just better than OU's offense. It did seem like that sometimes, which is mm-hmm. uh, that's concerning. Yeah. Nobody, I mean, you don't like that. No, I don't. No, and like the atmosphere on on the broadcast didn't seem all that electric. I gotta say the ESPN Plus Sooner Vision broadcasts are just not good. They don't show enough replays. Uh, it's just man. Uh, I mean, the only thing I can say is it's it's better paying. You know, I I don't have ESPN Plus, but I you know spent whatever ten bucks on it to watch the game. Uh, in the past, we'd have to spend what like fifty bucks to watch the random pay per view game against a bad team. So I suppose ten dollars. But then again, I guess more games are on ESPN Plus now. Like last year, there was what two or three on ESPN Plus. So, anyways. Uh, more from Dan on the on Twitter. Dan says, uh, these are three word reviews. Dan says, Lebby, offensive genius. Now, now Dan's just kind of letting him have it. Uh, this is interesting. Here, like, we haven't talked really much about this. Dan also says, underutilizing tight end. Now, Austin Stogner is basically an afterthought in this offense. But uh, one tight end did score a touchdown tonight, Grant. Yeah, and and after, he looks like he might be He looks okay. Something. Like, I, yeah, I texted you after he scored. I was like, Blake Smith is totally adequate. Yeah, but yeah, again, like I, I'm not really sure. I guess Austin Stogner. I mean, the broadcast was saying he got wide open on one snap where Gabriel missed him, and then uh, he got his first catch. Like the he next was. play, it was, but it, it was an explosive play too. If Gabriel just would have pulled the trigger, I, I mean, I don't know if he saw him. Well, probably. Yeah, yeah that's that's too bad. Uh, more from Dan. Dan just kind of throwing fire out there. Pass rush anyone? And finally, a, a good one. He says Stutzman on fire. Thank you, Dan. And finally, our old pal Gonzo Strangelove has some uh, has multiple three word reviews. Gonzo Strangelove says offense very concerning. Ooh, this is a good one. We haven't talked about this at all. Gonzo says stupid sloppy penalties. There's a lot of penalties tonight. Let me double check just how many. Seems like there's a lot. Nine for eighty eight yards. Meanwhile, SMU only two penalties for, for SMU all night. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we haven't talked about the, the penalties. Were bad. The penalties were just kind of not great. And I don't really know how many of them were necessary. Like none of them were really necessary. I it just just play better. Just play with better technique. It, of course, the two the two PIs on their lone touchdown drive. Um, the first one, you just did, just didn't need just didn't need to do that. Just trust like trust your positioning, trust your technique, and make the play. And and I would say yep. this I'd say the same thing for Peyton Bowen on that second one too, although I do think he he kind of used the grab on the back to launch himself up to right. to bat it down. It was it was kind of small, but it was there, you know. And you're right. Uh, how about Ethan Downs? By the way, I mean Reggie Grimes is he on the team anymore? Like, I think you kind of called I don't know. that. That's a good that's a good question. Like I think I think did, I can't remember if you said that on the podcast or you just said that's in private uh, before the year. Like I don't know if Reggie Grimes is going to play that much. I, I haven't really seen him. At least tonight I didn't. I mean, uh, but I, I think of Reggie, Gr- uh, Reggie Grimes because it was him and Downs last year. And uh, how about Downs running down Preston Stone, but then committing the face mask? Like, Ethan Downs looks so fast on that play. Dude, don't grab the face mask. You got a sack. Just in, like, he knew it right away. He was like, ah, man. Like, you tell him, I was like, come on, man. Better than that. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was disappointing. I mean, that was, that was like a nice play. Him running, like, Ethan Downs kind of looked like oh, an yeah. athlete there. Oh, yeah, he, he was a lot faster than the quarterback there. Uh, more from Gonzo Strangelove in three-word reviews. He says, defensive MVP, Stutzman. Another one, offensive MVP, Walker. So he's right on the same page as you, Grant. 
Uh, more from Gonzo. He says, solid pass defense. And then in parentheses, he puts, what a joy to see. Uh, overall, yeah, uh, there's, there's still le- you know, some left to be desired. But you know, when it kind of mattered the most, the pass defense was good. And lastly, Gonzo says, credit to SMU. Yeah, credit to the Mustangs. Uh, and finally, uh, and this is kind of going around on Twitter tonight. Uh, I'll, I'll read it, but I don't know if we have really many, many thoughts on it. Uh, Gonzo says, side note, if Art Bryles was on the sideline in OU gear, that's abhorrent regardless of familial connection to Levy. Well, there was pictures of him out there. He was. Uh, oh, so Bryles right. was there in OU gear, huh? Yeah, there's a... Uh, I think Parker Thune tweeted out a picture of uh, him on the sideline with, with Levy. You know, we all know. I mean, Levy's, I think, what, married to Browse's daughter. So, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't really have. I don't really, yeah, I don't. I, I have, don't, I, I I have thoughts very, on very, it, none of, none of which are, are particularly strong. See, it certainly seems like a thing that people like to talk about. Um Man, okay, we're almost an hour in. I really would love to see if there's any quotes about <laughs> Gavin Sawchuk or Javante Barnes tonight. Let me search Sawchuk's name one more time on Twitter. Uh, I'm still seeing stuff from him before the game. I mean, I, I suppose like maybe like some of the the beat writers would have it, but I, I'm just not seeing it. So maybe by tomorrow, maybe I've just missed it. Uh, I hope I have because I'd like to get some clarity. But who knows? Anyways, that's all the three word reviews from twitter we appreciate you guys chiming in and again if you've le- if you leave your three-word review uh, on sunday or late saturday night we will not have seen it because we were recording it uh, between nine and ten o'clock here on saturday all right well I'll, before we go I'll, I'll say this i mean some of our once again our some of our picks were bad but we both nailed texas so good on you grant for going with texas and then i kind of backed you on that and texas looked good um i was watching as we were recording i saw it, uh, Man, Oregon had a had a ridiculous backdoor like late cover over Texas Tech. <laughs> they had a, a, a pick, pick six, six, which on the last which, yeah, like on on the Tech trying to drive down and and win the game with a field goal, they throw a pick six. That's pretty oof. And the thing is, after we recorded our podcast and I kind of looked into it more, I totally changed my mind on Tech and on Baylor. Uh, granted, it doesn't matter, our podcast, whatever. I can't imagine any of you are actually like hammering our picks. Uh, but I, both of those picks looked good, flipping it to Tech and Baylor. But I guess technically uh, Oregon ended up covering, which that yeah, was a totally lucky cover. Uh, in Colorado and Nebraska, I mean, the book said to go Nebraska just based off of the ridiculous line movement. Didn't matter. And that's, a, I mean, if, you're, if any of you guys are into sports betting and kind of the, the money behind it and just kind of like the business behind it, man, Books took a bath today on that game because everybody and their mom was on Colorado. <laughs> like a lot of like smart pro sharp betters probably came in on call on a uh, Nebraska just because of what the betting principles say. But I don't know. I mean, it's I saw some tweets of pe- like yeah, sports books are not going to like that one because like when when the public's backing somebody hard and I, I heard like a ton of like the most money has been wagered on that game more than x amount of time i don't know so anyways i mean colorado good for them i mean they look good again mostly in the second half but that team is kind of fun and it's making that colorado usc game coming up here in a few weeks look even more interesting than it than it would have been two weeks ago oh for sure absolutely i mean that's 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 a very interesting game coming up i but yeah it's it's there's just a lot of football today i kind of struggle to keep up with a lot of it and uh 
just a lot going on. I mean, you got Texas Longhorns going into Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama and kind of like beating them soundly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good for Texas, man. I mean, they they kind of, you know, they avenged last year's loss. I mean, clearly the quarterback situation is not anywhere near as good at Bama as it has been the last couple of years with Bryce Young. But it's still Alabama. They're going to be a really good team. And uh, But, I mean, clearly Texas is pretty darn good. <laughs> and uh, they're, you know, they're going to be the – between – I mean, well, Colorado, we're going to have the spotlight in college football world because of how crazy everything is. Uh, but Texas will be kind of right there because people love – like when Texas wins, people love to back on or back Texas and pump up Texas. And, yeah, that's where we are. All right, Grant, well – I think that's all I have. Uh, by the way, Utah, I mean, Baylor, how about, the, I mean, crushing loss for Baylor. They, come on. <laughs> Baylor, Baylor's winning that game the entire time for the most part, and, and Utah uh, at, the, at the end, kind of crushing interception by Baylor. And, but technically, Baylor had the hook, so Baylor covered, but still, uh, that's a bad loss. Well, I mean, it's a bad loss in the sense that they were winning the entire game. Going into the game, the fact they only lost by seven is not that crazy because they weren't favored. Any other college football thoughts, Grant? That's all I got. That's all I got. Not uh, okay. Just not super, not not super enthused about Texas going into Tuscaloosa and winning. Good, I, good for them. Whatever. All right. Well, we will be back in midweek to talk about OU Tulsa, and you know who knows? Maybe we'll have some more clarity on what's going on with Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk, and maybe you know more thoughts on. Uh, the offense, the receivers. I'm sure Levy's press conference could be interesting. Although Jeff Levy never really says a whole lot in his pressers, unfortunately. Uh, Venable sometimes does. So we will see what they say this week. Kind of a weird week. I'm going to be out of town this week. But uh, I think, you see, we recorded last week on a Wednesday night. I think I'll be able to, I should be able to do it Wednesday again this week, Grant. So uh, I'll be in the car all day on Thursday. So we'll have to do it on Wednesday. Well, we're going to have to, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have to talk about that because I am also out of town this week. Little on air production mm. meeting here. So we'll, we'll have to figure okay. something out. All right. Well, OU wins 28 to 11. OU's 2 0. Not the greatest win, but also not a bad win. We'll take it. We're just super uh, enthused after last week, but kind of, kind of crashing a little bit back down to earth this week, but still always a good day when Oklahoma wins a football game. Until next time, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you want to help us spread the word, please leave us a five-star review. And also, tell all of your friends who are OU fans about West of Everest. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.